0: Yo yo yo, it's Coach Theo at the FMU Faith Fitness Farm. Thanks for tuning in. Faith like a child. We're challenged by Jesus. It's so serious. He says, "We won't enter the kingdom of heaven unless we humble ourselves with faith like a child." What does that mean? Is it childish? Does it mean it's blind faith? What does that look like? I want to rap about it today. But I want to remind you how we're even here right now in the Heroes of Faith series and what we're doing basically. Because we went over the last few weeks, a few people from the Bible, Samson, who was very prideful, had so much strength, but he kind of didn't use it in a godly way until he ultimately surrendered to God. Uh, We went over Ananias, who was a common man, who did some uncommon things and changed the course of history. He put his hands on uh, on Saul, at the time Saul, who becomes (coughs) the Apostle Paul, because Ananias follows the Lord's lead and helps that process of knocking those scales off of Paul's eyes. Then he converts, and instead of killing Christians, he becomes the biggest proponent of our Christian faith. And all Ananias did was say, Here I am, Lord, I don't know where I'm going, but He said the Lord said, Go, and he followed. So we see this awesome act of obedience. We looked at those two guys, then we looked at two ladies. We looked at Mary Magdalene and her role of being healed from demons by Jesus. So much so that she was changed forever. She followed him, helped him on his ministry, was the last one at the cross when he dies, and the first one to run to that tomb. She's the first one he appears to, reappears to, when he uh, resurrects himself from that tomb. And we see her significance in how she almost uh, has more faith than the doubting disciples. We then looked at uh, the woman who was healed from her 12 years of bleeding and the miracle of when she fights through a crowd to get to Jesus and touches garment. She has so much faith that Jesus says, It's because your faith that you are well. And she was healed instantly. And we just see that, number one, when we have that faith driven action to get to Jesus, He heals, He restores, He saves. That's how we get into heaven is through our faith. But we also remember that it's the action. She took action to get after him, to touch his garment. And ultimately, these heroes that we look at, it's not about their example. It's about the example of Jesus. You know, he went back to that lady who no one wanted to touch because she was considered unclean. So we looked at those two ladies. We looked at those two men. And today we're looking at children. Not a specific example from the Bible of a child, but in general, what Jesus tells us about children and how we need to be like them. How do we do that What does that actually mean, and how does that help us in our faith? Now, the one thing I really want to get to is it's not blind. I want to get to that. So stay with me now. Hang with me now. Uh, Let's think, first of all, about your own life. How have you changed since you've been a child? How has your disposition changed over the years? Do you remember your childhood when it was fun, joyful, innocent demeanor, not a care for what's going on out here around us, no stress. And now, hey, listen, a lot of you probably had difficult lifestyles. So uh, we're, we're looking at in particular your demeanor when it came to even through those difficult times, your resiliency, your open-mindedness to being teachable. Uh, your still love for life. You know, adults mess it up for kids, right? Adults might have messed you up, but you still had this, humble like demeanor you were looking to trust adults to teach you and get you through life you had a dependency on adults right and i think this is the humble like demeanor that jesus wants us to have like children we tend to lose that over time me and amber have been working with kids for so many years of all ages and we see the difference between the four to five year olds that run in and they're so super hype and so excited and energized they're in the moment, they're just having so much fun, they shake things off, they don't care if they fall, they get right back up. They are who they are, they're authentic, they'll tell you things that you never even asked about. You know, you could be huddled up in a circle and be like, hey guys, this was awesome, you did such a good job doing those challenges today and taking on those obstacle courses and a little girl will raise her hand and be like, hey, you know what, yesterday um, my doggy pooped on the carpet. You know, like they just, they're, they, they're who they are, they're not afraid to say what's on their mind. If if someone knocks them down, that they're not like super mad at them and getting all angry. It's like it's okay, and they keep on playing. Uh, we see kids as they get older, though fear starts to take over. They don't want to try any, uh, I, they don't want to try as much anything that's new. They're maybe a little bit scared of how they look. Um, they're not as teachable. Maybe uh, they tend to figure out their own way and think they have it all figured out as they get into those teenage years. And then you see adults. Oh my goodness. Not all adults. Some of you guys are amazing, but you know, coaching people for years now, some adults are just so stubborn in their ways. They want to get in the best shape of their life, but they don't want to follow your advice because they know better, right? Anyways, I just want you to think about how we change over the spectrum of life. In particular, what about our open-mindedness? What about the fear? What about getting caught up in the wrong things? Well, listen, I say all that to lead us into Matthew 18, 1 through 6. Matthew 18, 1 through 6. Can I read this scripture to you? Can I kind of go through three things today? That being, having faith like a child is not childish. It's not to be taken lightly. And it's not blind faith. There's spiritual evidence. We'll wrap about that. But I'm taking you to Matthew 18, 1 through 6 because Jesus is talking to his disciples here because they're asking him, who is the greatest? Who is the greatest? And Jesus Calls to him a child, and he puts this child in the midst of of them and says, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. And don't miss this, we'll talk about it. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, to stumble, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. What? What in the world? I want you to know you'll see this, this conversation in all three Gospels. You'll see it in Mark, and you'll see it in uh, Luke. But in Matthew, you really see that the disciples are asking, who is the greatest? So like, remember the context. Children were not the most important thing back in that day. They were more like a responsibility until they became adults. So this was a huge deal that Jesus is going to use them as an example, right? The disciples' disposition had changed. It's been three years since they've been walking on this earth with Jesus, watching what he does and who he is. They were newborns to this new life. They didn't do this type of nonsense, bantering about who's the greatest. They were in awe of their salvation, yearning to learn more about the way. And here they are. What just happened? They start going back to their old ways. And Jesus is checking them. Humble yourselves. Your salvation is not a rank. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So he's bringing them back to just saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't even start going there. That's not even what it's about. Here you go again, forgetting what it is about. Get back to being humble and teachable and dependent like children. Is being having faith like a child childish? No, there's a difference here. And I just want you to think about this. Because remember, we do know that children are sinful by nature. They come into this world and they say no. They'll push you know, the envelope. They'll push our buttons. They'll rebel a little bit. But we can redirect them. So think about a child in this instance. I'm thinking the child that he brings uh, to them is not a teenager. It's probably like my two-year-old. It might be my eight-year-old who's still very um, teachable and listens and dependent, but it's not going to be this rebel who's running away and doing everything his way. I'm imagining this little kid that he brings forward. Uh, so, so imagine that, okay? Not that, not that, like, we're not saying kids are perfect. We're not saying kids don't, don't disobey. We're looking at the characteristic of staying humble, teachable, being able to be redirected, right, and trusting in the Father. So some adults are childish in their faith. They still don't forgive. They get angry over little things. They're not spiritually maturing because they haven't humbled themselves like Jesus is referring to, becoming like this child. Oh, they believe, but their everyday situations don't show it yet. Imagine yourself at a restaurant. Someone backs into, you, into your chair with their chair and hits you pretty hard. They apologize. It was an accident. They didn't see you. How do you respond though? Just think about your everyday situations. Where's your heart at? Where's your mind at? Are you grumbling? Are you now gossiping with the people you're sitting with? Are you just so angry and offended? Think about if someone cuts you off in traffic. They're flying, they're weaving in and out. You're going fast. No, you're not going fast. Maybe you're going fast. Maybe you don't drive the speed limit. But they're flying and weaving in and out in front of you and you're just so, like, how do you respond? Did you maybe stop and think that they had an emergency? They're getting their kid to the hospital. Be graceful. Be understanding because you just don't know the situation. How do you respond? Do you have road rage? We're just thinking of everyday situations. Are we spiritually mature? Uh, Peter tells us in 1 Peter 2 to long for pure, pure spiritual milk so that we may grow up into our salvation. He's speaking to people who were persecuted, reminding them to go back to the basics. Uh, don't forget to, to yearn for Jesus, your Savior. He'll get you through the tough times. This is how we get to solid food. See, in Hebrews 5, we see the same statement about getting back to the basic oracles of God. He was referring to people who were dull on hearing, the word tells us. He was warning against apostasy. That means people walking away, wandering away from the doctrine. Here you go again. You're starting to get really intelligent, but you're starting to wander away from the basics. You need that spiritual milk. How do we grow as Christians to have a faith like a child? It's not that we only drink Milk. I don't like milk, by the way. What the heck? Why can't he use something else? It was important back in that day. They knew exactly what he was saying. It's just be simple. Never forget the basics of our salvation. This is what prepares us and helps us digest the solid food so that we continue to mature. Look, in health, you want to drink protein shakes and take supplements? Go ahead, but you better be doing the basics first. Drinking water. You'll digest everything else so much better, right? You can know everything you need to know about the Bible, but you better not forget the basic tenets of the gospel. How many of you know that the more that you know, the more you realize that you don't know? So get back to the basics. What built the early church? Not theologians writing PhD dissertations. It was the basic tenets. They didn't have the Bible. It was prayer, community, baptism, sharing personal stories of who Jesus was, what they just witnessed, the crucifixion, the risen king, the Holy Spirit, the stories of how these disciples who were being challenged to be humble like children now realize it all makes sense. And then other people who were starting to uh, devote themselves to the way and change them because of the Holy Spirit. It was the basics that strengthened their faith. And so we stay humble, longing for that spiritual milk like a newborn to our faith. Remember what it was like when you first came to faith, how excited you were. Or maybe when you first came to health, how excited you were. Or maybe when you first met your spouse and how excited you were and you wanted to know everything about them, you didn't want to stop talking with them, you wanted to share them with everybody, get back to that same relationship with Jesus and stay there. Keep longing for that. So it's not childish and it's not to be taken lightly. So point number two, it's not to be taken lightly. Really quick, Jesus says we will not enter the kingdom unless we humble ourselves like children. In Mark, Jose, whoever wants to be first must be last, kind of in the same conversation. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives not just me, but he who sent me. In Matthew 18, we see that too. Jesus says, whoever receives one such child in my name receives me, but catch this. 18, 6, Matthew 18.6, whoever causes one of these little ones to stumble, it's better for you to put a big, huge rock around your neck fasten it around your neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. What in the world? Watch out. Whoever messes up our faith, watch out. And if we ever mess up the faith of a child, oh boy. It's just not to be taken lightly. I don't know exactly how to take this. i just like to point out that Jesus means business. We tend to like to think of him only as this meek, humble servant. He means business. It's so serious. He says, you better just drown yourself, y'all. Yo, yo, I'm so graceful and loving. I love you guys, and I'm just speaking truth. Humble yourselves like kids, or put a rock around your neck and just jump into the sea and join yourself, because that's how serious this is. Oh, yeah, and by the way, you're not going to even get into heaven. It's serious. He means business. We see children being misled, and it hurts us, right? We get fired up when they're being misled by people, mistreated by people, stumbling into sin because of people, because of adults. I always blame adults. I'm like, kids, it's not your fault. Like, you don't have great examples anymore. What is going on? A lot of us got, got fired, fired up the last two years watching with the fear being instilled to kids with all this masking stuff and not letting them be kids. Kids can't play with their friends. They can't play tag. You can't touch people because you got something that might spread. You have plexiglass in between you at school. We're just treating them like, like uh, it's just uh, bizarre. And, and we're filling them with fear. And let's just stay in our lane and talk to believers. How could we do that as believers? Churches say, do not be fearful. And churches are, the, are are doing these things. Not letting you sit next to each other. Some churches not even letting you in unless you got the jab or if you wear a mask. Come on, guys. He fired us up because we don't want kids to stumble. We're seeing this message right here from Jesus. There's this instinctive nature about us. The Holy Spirit's telling us this is not right and it's not kids fault and they're not a danger so what are we doing why aren't we building them with so much faith instead of fear it reminds me of a story of a little girl whose mom was putting a mask on her face and she's like mom why do i have to wear this mask and her mom was like well the virus is real you can't see it but it's there and she looked up at her mom and she said so is jesus which leads me to my next thing oh jesus is real you might not be able to see him but he's there it's not blind faith So following Jesus with a faith like a child, it's not childish, it's not to be taken lightly, and it's not blind. I want you to really catch this. What does this mean? Uh, As Christians, do we just have blind faith? Do we just follow blindly, not really seeing the realness of God in our lives? We did a trust fall activity at church using the kids as a real life example. And the trust fall at the gym is when you Cross your arms, you're standing on a bench, you have to fall backwards onto mats on your back, keeping yourself as straight as possible. You don't wanna bend, you don't wanna sit up, you wanna cross your arms, squeeze your stomach, fall back straight on that mat, trusting that you're gonna be okay. And what we saw was the kids were super excited. What we saw was they were encouraged, they saw other people doing it. Some of them didn't do it right, but they still kept doing it, three to four rounds. Some of them did it perfect. And what we pointed out was what could the kids not see? Well, when they were standing on the box facing the opposite way, they couldn't see what's gonna happen from when they fall backwards to when they hit the mat. They couldn't see that distance or what was gonna go on. It's freaky. I'm not gonna lie, it looks easy, but it's freaky. You have this few second drop where you're just like, ugh, and then you hit that mat. But what could they see? While they did see the mat earlier when I was showing them what was going to happen, they knew there was a mat there to soften the blow. They did see other people attempt it. They saw me show them an example. They did see me standing next to them, supporting them if they needed it. They were encouraged. They were coached. And in the same way, this is how it is with our faith. Hebrews 11 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What do we mean by that? Well, there's evidence. They couldn't see what was happening from top to bottom, but they saw the mat. They saw the safety net, if you will. See, often people who criticize faith assume that Christians don't know who's catching them. They assume we're just blindly and unintelligently going backwards. But Christians trust falling into the arms of God because we know this God, and we know he will catch us. I'm going to break this down a little bit more if you're still not with me yet, though. There's spiritual evidence in our life when you believe because you feel, you see, you hear, you'll sense. Now, if people don't believe, this isn't going to make sense. But watch this. I'm reminded of a story when my dad used to put me on the roof of the house to pick off branches or to clean the gutters. We lived in a really small house, okay, so don't think this is like a huge safety issue. I mean, my head, I'm not even six feet, and my head kind of touches the gutter. So if he, did, if he saw something on the roof and he didn't want to get it, he would just grab me and say, I mean, he didn't want to get a ladder. He would just grab me and say, here, go up there. He would throw me up there and he'd say, go grab that stuff. But, but look, look, look. Things look higher when you're on top, right? It's a little bit freaky coming back down. So he would say, all right, come on down. But I couldn't touch his hands because I had to jump for a second, right? And I was a little bit freaked out. But he would say, just do it. And what did I have to do? I had to just trust but what did I know? I didn't know what it was going to feel like for that split second when I dropped. I knew my dad was strong. I knew my dad loved me. I knew he wasn't going to let me hit the ground. So I had, I had that evidence of what I knew, and then I just had to let go and go for it. My father would catch me. There was evidence, even though there's that little gap of not knowing what's going to happen. Matthew describes a Roman centurion in Matthew 8. He's not part of God's people, but he seeks out Jesus to heal his servant. Jesus agrees to go and see the servant and lay his hands on him. The centurion says, only say the word and my servant will be healed. He believed Jesus' command would heal the servant, just like if a military officer's command would be obeyed by his subordinates. You know, just like Ananias, here I am, Lord, let's go. Jesus marveled at the man's faith, saying, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. The centurion heard what Jesus did, probably saw miracles, and he placed his faith in that knowledge. I'll finish with saying, this is why when I do look at Hebrews 11, the section of the Bible that talks about heroes of faith, it makes sense why they could walk out. It wasn't just blind faith. They were seeing God, hearing God, Knowing that he fulfilled promises, there was evidence in knowing that he was real. So when they would obey by faith, you know Noah would by faith build that ark, and Abraham by faith would take um, his son to the altar to be sacrificed, and Sarah by faith would trust that she could become pregnant, even though there was no earthly way, humanly possible way, right? By faith, because they it wasn't blind; there was spiritual evidence now we get even more of an advantage we have the bible how many of you agree that everything we didn't know about life is in this bible and the more you read it the more you realize that everything around us like it's so true what this bible teaches us wow we see that actually happening right now wow that advice does make sense compared pertaining to what we're going on what we're going through in this world right and it starts to make sense. There's spiritual evidence like you, you can see it, you can feel it, you can sense it. I'm going to break down what just happened at FMU Church for our Turkey Burn Gives Back campaign to solidify this point even more. And then we're done. This is, the, this is what I really wanted you to hear today. Having faith like a child is not blind. So we raised a lot of money for our Turkey Burn. I hope you saw it. Guys, we ended up giving away over $15,000. How did we get there? by faith, like a child, we trusted and we followed. But watch this. This isn't blind faith. We've done this before. My wife and I have experience stepping out in faith and just trusting the Lord's going to do what he says he's going to do. And then it's crazy to watch how the Holy Spirit works. So we just knew. We started with a $15 registration fee. We had 50 people signed up, whatever it was, for the turkey burn workout. We were at $700. We then challenged people to just join us if they felt convicted to uh, serve uh, stories that were coming to us to give back uh, a single mom who lost her job for standing up for her faith. Uh, another family that came to us. That's all we did. That's all we did was share to FMU Church, and it went from seven hundred dollars to eight thousand six hundred in a matter of twenty-four to forty-eight hours. So we then start being like, "Wow! Like we can really impact some people. We have a lot of single moms in our church gym, and we really want to take care of them." and Wow, let's let's consider taking care of more than just one or two. Let's see how we can do this. And uh we know what God promises, so we just trust, we keep doing it, and then we get to the turkey burn, we share the story, we were able to give away money to six single moms, one of them who was an original FMU member who's dying from cancer right now, Debbie. And it's so unfortunate, but we were able to go with her and pray with her and just ask how we can be a blessing to her and leave her with uh, a couple thousand dollars. And It's the least we can do, right? And then I said, I'm not going to stop this from happening, though, or growing even more, though, because some of the people in that room didn't know exactly what was going on or didn't know the stories. Stories matter, guys. So we shared the story. And then after that workout on Thanksgiving morning, we raised another $6,500 to put us up to more than $15,000. I mean, incredible, right? But here's what some people didn't see. Behind the scenes, we started getting stories from the single moms about you don't even know how you just answered a prayer. Like I was just praying because I needed some help to get through this difficult time. I would never have asked. And oh my goodness, you guys just answered that prayer. Some people who donated were like, guys, I was raised by a single mom. I'm so touched by these stories. Or I was a single mom for a while. I'm so touched that I just know God wants me to give back. And then here's what's really crazy. So you start feeling the presence of the Lord working, right? This is what I mean. You have spiritual evidence that this is God. It's only God. And this is why you have to share. Because you want to magnify Him and point all the glory back to Him. It's not us it's spreading the love of Jesus people feel it and it's contagious and they want to keep being a part of it and keep doing it but we were praying because the church was like hey should we match or should we like grow this up to 10 grand no matter what to give back to these families and i said let me just take it to the prayer closet aka the infrared sauna i said let me pray about that cuz i don't know for sure and something that popped into my head was don't worry guys uh We'll get to that 10,000 people are going to come forward, so don't even worry about that as a church. Watch what's going to happen. And so, I just told them, Let's hang tight, let's see what happens. Let's, 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 we got the 8,600, let's share the stories, let's pray about it, see what Debbie needs specifically, and then we'll see what happens. So, after the workout, we were at 8,600, right? So, in my head, I'm thinking, That's awesome, we didn't get to the 10 grand. It was when I went home and reflected on the fact that those people then came forward after the workout with the 6500 that we crushed the ten grand. that I remembered that prayer, that thought that came into my head, which people ask, well, how do you know if God's speaking to you? It's not audible, but the Holy Spirit pops thoughts into your head, your head, right? Like those thoughts came to my head. That was not me. That was the Holy Spirit telling me, hold tight. And I was like, oh my goodness, I'm so glad I told some of my church friends about this so they saw and felt God's presence even more now. Did you guys see how that prayer was answered? Did you see how he? we felt like he was saying, don't worry, I'm gonna have people come forward to hit that 10 grand? He crushed it even more. Did you see how that happened? We were like on a high. Everyone's like, we can just feel God's presence so much. How he just worked through this entire story. And that's all I'm saying about spiritual evidence. It's not blind faith. He's there. You can sense him. You can feel him when you obey like a child and just follow, and just trust, and just stay dependent on Him. It's not childish. It's not to be taken lightly. It's not blind. Have you ever felt that, though, in your life? It's your turn now. If you haven't experienced this, if you don't see Him, hear Him, feel His presence, it's time to declutter your life and get dependent on Him. I don't know exactly how you're supposed to do that, but when you think about how you used to be when you were a child, You think about what's happened over your life and how you are now. Things have piled up. Distractions, busyness, clutter. You want to be dependent on God, but you're just not putting yourself back in that trusting, vulnerable state. That humble state that he tells us, you want to get into the kingdom of heaven? Humble yourselves. Rely on me, only me, and watch what happens. What do you have to declutter? Maybe it is things. Maybe it is activities. Maybe it is Free up your time. Maybe it's just something in your brain, your mindset. A lot of the times, adults, we think we have it the right way. We think we can do it our way. We think we are God and we forget like we have to eliminate ourselves and trust in Him. We got to get back to that dependence. I don't know how you're going to do it. I just know that we have to pray for the Holy Spirit to help us do it. It's interesting that we come into this world dependent. We lead this world dependent. Is our task in life to declutter, simplify, Get back to the basics our entire lives to stay dependent. Wow. I think when we humble ourselves with faith like a child, we can learn so much from them, right? Can we learn so much from them yet? And we can experience something. Heaven on this earth right now, the kingdom on this earth right now, in the presence of the Lord. And it would be amazing. Don't ever take my word for it. Don't ever take my word for it. I love working with children. They keep me young. They keep me youthful. It's a constant reminder to stay teachable to stop sweating the small stuff, to trust the Father for guidance, just like they trust us to show them the way, and um, to try in life without concern for what is going to happen or should happen. When those kids were on that box doing the trust, on that bench doing the trust fall, they trusted, they didn't think about the outcome, they just went for it. And there was so much joy. Let's get back to that playful joy, that imaginative, creative life that we had when we were kids. That's the life Jesus wants us to have. That's where we experience peace and contentment, being present in the moment. God bless you guys. Thank you for tuning in and hearing this little message. Having faith like a child so we can grow in our faith and be spiritually mature. It doesn't matter for ourselves alone. It's not about us. It matters for all those in our life. So just remember that it starts with you. Uh, If you took anything away from this podcast, share it with someone else because chances are if you were hit, they will be hit too. Have a fantastic uh, day, guys, and be ready for what's coming up next. It's going to be an incredible story. I can't wait till you hear it.